Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. My name is Megan Landry, and I'm super excited to share that today is my first Skype interview. So with that, um, I just want to make a note that there's a couple moments in the interview where it gets pretty staticky, and I think I know why, but I'm not positive. Again, this is all learning for me. So my hope is that you can just uh, listen to the interview without uh, judging the static noise. And I apologize if it's distracting or annoying, which it probably is. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. Feel free to share it. Feel free to send me questions that you might have for Teresa, and I will get them to her. And with that, I hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. My name is Megan Landry, and today I have my very first Skype interview uh, with Teresa Wally. So, Teresa, I'm going to have you introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks, Megan, for having me. I'm really excited. Um, so, my name is Teresa. I am 21 years old. I'm a senior at the University of Michigan. Uh, I'm studying opera, uh, communications, and I have a minor in German. And I, this year, I am an intern at St. Mary's Student Parish, which is the student parish in Ann Arbor for students at U of M. Awesome. And you and I have known each other since you were, before you were born. <laughs> I asked my mom, I was like, how long have we known the Wally family? And she was like, since you and Patrick were in preschool in like 1990. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so our families grew up going to the same uh, school, the Catholic school that we went to and church and have just known each other a very long time. So um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. And what exactly do you want to shine a light on? Um, I guess to just talk about um, my faith and how important Jesus is in my life. Uh, I think we live in a time where, uh, especially coming to college and in young adult life, um, we get mixed messages on where faith should be and what faith even really is um, and the importance of, of keeping Jesus in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, I sort of am in a place where I'm kind of struggling with my faith. So selfishly, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear your perspective. But I also think that we're in a time right now where there's a lot of young people leaving the church. And so I just wanted to get perspective of somebody who's very active in their church. Uh, mm -hmm. So obviously, I know that you were brought up Catholic since we attended the same school and church. Can you tell me a little bit about your faith as a as a young child and kind of growing up? Yeah, I think I was kind of a weird kid in that I always loved going to church growing up. Um, but I think the reason this was is that I felt very included and wanted um, at Mass. And so, like... From my earliest memories, I can remember just people I didn't even know, but they like they saw me with my family. And I think being the youngest, they were kind of watching me grow up from the pew. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt very welcomed there. And so I always found a lot of joy going to Mass. Um, and I remember uh, as, as soon as I was old enough to altar serve, I started altar serving and, and then I started lecturing um, and cantering. And so I just, I was very involved. Yeah. And you and I really met, I mean, even though our families have known each other for a long time uh, through youth group. So I was helping 
um, I was helping kind of plan it and going to the meetings every week and be an adult uh, supervisor for the most part. And then you came as a high schooler. So what was um, your faith life like at that point when you were in high school? Um, I'd say it was a lot of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was going to mass with my family. Um, you know, sometimes we would pray before eating dinner. Um, and I, I went you know, I was in Catholic school from kindergarten through 12th grade. So I was learning a lot about, you know, the faith and learning a lot about Catholicism and the church. But, you know, I, I didn't really know Jesus. Like I hadn't really encountered him and, and realized his love. I think we definitely, it's easy to lose sight of that. And so, yeah, so I was really going through the motions. Yeah. I want to um, circle back to your family for a second, because I think this is important to note. You you do have a big family. How many siblings do you have? I'm the youngest of five. Five, yeah. And do you feel like um, all of your siblings were kind of like, like you all went to church together? Um, obviously, you probably have all taken different paths since then, but kind of growing up, that was like what you guys did, right? Yeah. Every okay. week, my family, like it was very important to my parents that we would all either um, every week at mass. And I remember sometimes we would go in different cars because, you know, not everyone was ready yet, right. getting ready in the morning. So, you know, some people would be coming, coming in and, uh, we have our pew and since we, there's seven of us with my parents, we would have our pew and pretty much take up the entire pew with all of us. Yeah. But. Okay. And was there an adult in your church or maybe through, um, the Catholic schools that you went to that kind of served as an influence for you or a mentor? Um, you know, I don't think I could really name, like, one person. Right. There's a lot of different people. Okay. Um, like I was mentioning, just those um, those faces that I, I know mm-hmm. at St. Hugo. And even now when I come back um, on break, that they're excited to see me and they want to, they, they take interest and want to know about me. Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a very community feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after high school, after youth group, and you kind of said you were, you felt like you were sort of going through the motions at that point, you, um, went to university of Michigan and in your email, you said some really interesting things about sort of what happened your freshman year. So can you explain that to everybody? Kind of what, what changed? Yeah. You know, I, I think I was kind of growing up a little bit in, in a bubble of Catholic school. And so I hadn't really experienced, um, a whole lot of, culture outside of what I was used to, I guess, or that environment. And so coming to college, I roomed blind. I didn't know my roommate would be going into school. Um, And she was a really nice, nice girl. Uh, And we grew very close. Uh, But, and then I had my classmates in my, we have a very tight-knit degree program. So it's expected that you're going to be really close with these people and you want to create friendships with them. So you want to hang out with them on the weekend. Um, but no one had really prepared me, I think, for just how prominent like the undergrad, um, underage drinking scene is and the partying, yeah. um, especially just on U of M's campus. Uh, and so to freshman me, it looked like this is what everyone was doing and I wanted to have friends. Uh, and I hadn't really found anyone who shared those morals that I had growing up. Uh, and so suddenly this like party lifestyle became the norm. Mm-hmm. And so um, me and my friends, we would go out on the weekends. Um, and it really just became a time of 
darkness in my life um, where I didn't really quite feel like I was like, who, who have I become? Who am I? Yeah. Um, no, I actually went through pretty much the same thing. Um, I went to college and agree. I felt like that's what everybody was doing. So I kind of jumped in and I made friends who were older than me. They were all like seniors and I was a freshman. And when you think about it now, that's a big difference in age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were 21 and I was just fresh 18. So it's a huge mm-hmm. difference in kind of where you are emotionally. And then they all graduated. So I felt super alone and it took me a while to kind of find a group of friends again. And it really wasn't until my senior year that I found the church that was close to campus and kind of got more involved in things that were more me. So I totally get what you're saying. I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like I was sort of living two different lives. Like I was somebody very different at school than I was when I visited home on the weekends. Do you sort of feel that way? Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, I was keeping a lot of this hidden uh, from my parents uh, and from my family. Uh, And then, you know, I was still at that point, um, you know, trying to go to mass and stuff. And so then that made me feel real like really confused of I remember one time I was like at mass on Sunday and I was hung over and I I mean it was just bad and I I remember thinking what am I doing what am I doing um but I couldn't really break out of that cycle because that's where all my friends were um so yeah it was just it was a time of darkness for me yeah for sure so when did that change kind of what what happened that switched that over um so by by around easter of my freshman year that like early spring time i had just stopped going to mass completely um they had no prayer life um but then that summer i was in italy for four weeks studying opera uh and it turns out just one town over from where we were staying was um the birthplace of St. Maria Goretti, who is the patron saint of young women and of um, victims of sexual abuse um, and rape. And she just has an incredible story of love and mercy. And I didn't know anything about her until um, all of a sudden I had this surprise pilgrimage opportunity um, to go visit her birthplace. And so it was standing in the room where she was born, uh, that I was just overcome with God's love and mercy and forgiveness. And it was that love that I felt for, for like I could feel his love for me, um, and like enrapture my heart. Wow. And it was incredible. And, and at the same time, too, of through through the example of Maria on how she was able to forgive her um this this man who tried to to rape her um he ended up so the story is he ended up killing her um but she was stabbed multiple times and so there's about 24 hours before she died and she was in excruciating pain and on her deathbed she said I forgive Alessandro and I want to see him in heaven with me one day wow and in that moment, I was overcome with forgiveness and love and mercy for those people in my life that I needed to forgive, some of those areas of woundedness in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, like, all of that darkness was expelled, 
by light. Um, and I, you know, I'd said those words of forgiveness before, but I, I hadn't really felt them. And, and same with like, oh, I, I knew of this loving God, but I hadn't really felt that love. Right. And, and so in that moment, I really understood and knew yeah. down to my core. That's beautiful. So that was the summer after your freshman year. Yeah. So then you come back sophomore year to school and kind of what happened with the group of friends that you had had your freshman year? Did you kind of just cut things off with them? Did they change too? What kind of walk me through that? Yeah. You know, we try, we kind of just went separate ways. Yeah. Um, so I, I was starting to get really involved now in church, um, spending more time in prayer and, and as that became more and more of my life, um, suddenly we just had different interests mm-hmm. and um, we, we grew apart from each other. Right. Uh, it wasn't any, it wasn't like an intentional breaking off of friendship, but I, so- I started surrounding myself more with um, men and women who shared these values and uh, the different people who were kind of mentoring me through mm-hmm. this. Um, and so it was just a gradual I think natural shift. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It's not like an immediate, I'm going to cut you off, but it's also, we, we can both recognize that we're going separate ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so you probably started going to St. Mary's a little bit more frequently than your sophomore year. Is that accurate? Yeah. I, you know, I don't think I really got super involved at St. Mary's actually more until my junior year. I think sophomore year I, I did start that's when I did start going uh they have a lounge where you can study and so mm-hmm. um I started going there to study um but I also I I, I was a little timid because I thought I'm late to the game like I missed yeah. the opportunity to make there's friends. already people who are friends here yeah no I understand that um uh, but then I, I realized that that was really just a lie and it was my own insecurity mm-hmm. um but I think it took more until my junior year to realize that that wasn't the case. Okay. Um, I have a couple of questions kind of related to St. Mary's because I've heard so much about this church. Um, for those who don't know, St. Mary's is kind of the young adult church. Well, it's not really young adult, but it's connected to the U of M's campus. Um, and it's primarily college students, right? And then a lot of Ann Arbor community members mm-hmm. go there also. Um, I have several friends who have attended University of Michigan who speak very highly of St. Mary's. And actually had an aunt who was pretty active in the Ann Arbor community that led a couple of groups there and, and absolutely loved it. And I went with, with her there a couple of times to meet people and do the things that she was doing. So what do you feel like it is about that particular church that draws people? I think it's the community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a large focus on building community and friendships. Okay. Um, so I think sometimes when you go to other churches, the the focus is really it's a time for you personally to be there with Jesus in worship. Uh, but at St. Mary's, they, there's a huge focus on growing in community together. And so there's a lot of initiatives. Um, there's often shared meals together. You can come to the lounge to study. You can join a small group. And it's not to say other parishes don't have that. They definitely do. But... Um, I think the intentionality is very strong at St. Mary's. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like your faith would be as strong as it is without St. Mary's? Do you think it definitely has helped you grow in your faith? 
I think it's given me a strong community mm-hmm. um, to to grow with other students, right? Um, and to accompany each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think overall, my my faith isn't really rooted in any one parish or church. It's really rooted in my in my time of personal prayer with Jesus. Yeah, uh, and spending being intentional about spending that time in silence with him every day I mean that's really the center of it yeah so I'm super glad you said that it's kind of what I was hoping you would say um even though I think St. Mary's is great I was really hoping that you would kind of stress that it's not always about the parish it's about your personal relationship with Jesus yeah. so and you know I think we yeah. really lose sight of that yes um, as Catholics we start thinking about our parish absolutely yeah. So no. So I appreciate that you said that. Um, I am personally somebody who doesn't always get to church on Sunday, and I'm very much more of a spiritual prayer life. Um, you know, go for a walk and talk to God kind of person. So for me personally, it feels good to hear you <laughs> hear you say that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your life now. So you are still very involved in St. Mary's. What exactly do you do there? I know you you sing there, right? I'm assuming. Uh, I actually don't. Sing. Oh. Okay. I, I I have in the past. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. I am gonna be singing for the Triduum Choir, the um, Holy Week mm-hmm. uh, for Holy Thursday, Good Friday. Okay. Um, and the Easter Vigil. Okay. Uh, I did, I've done that the past couple of years, but um, I am actually serving as the intern for RCIA, okay. uh, which is the um, it's the Christian Rite of Initiation for Adults. I don't know if that's the exact title. I should know that. But uh, <laughs> anywho, it's it's basically for uh, non-Catholics or uh, who wish to be baptized in the church mm-hmm. or or to enter more fully into the church through the sacraments of initiation or Catholics who might not have been confirmed. So basically, it's just um, helping adults grow in their relationship with Christ and and enter more fully into the church. So accompanying them through that. Okay. And then um, also I am interning for faith sharing. And so that is uh, preparing materials for the small groups who uh, some meet weekly uh, throughout the year, some are seasonal for Lent or Advent. Uh, and most recently um, I am starting up the new women's undergrad women's ministry at St. Mary's uh, called Radiance. Um, right. So it's an opportunity for the undergraduate women to grow together in sisterhood rooted in Christ and to foster those intentional relationships and, and vulnerability to really be real with one another. That's amazing. That sounds like something I would have needed in college. So, um, well, speaking of sisterhood, you kind of led me right into where I wanted to go next is that you live in a house with several other females, correct? Yes. How so many of their... Yeah, there ahead. are 11 of us. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was that many. I thought it was maybe six or seven. <laughs> no. So it's a gigantic house actually owned by uh, St. Thomas, which is another parish in Ann Arbor um, where I attend mass. And it's more of like a family parish. So there's a school. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So they have, uh, basically it's an old convent. And when the sisters moved out, they turned it into office space for uh, a couple years. And eventually they just didn't need the office space anymore. And so they fa- they were faced with this challenge of, okay, or this decision, do we 
sell this house. It's prime real estate. Like they could have paid off all of their debt um, and be like pretty much financially set. Or the other option was to return it into a house of discernment for okay. young women. And the parish decided to turn it into this house of discernment. Um, so there's 11 of us, uh, which is pretty much full capacity for the house. Uh, it's gigantic. We have like multiple stoves and dishwashers. It's like, it probably um, looks like a sorority house if people want to picture probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. We, we joke that it's, uh, so it's called the St. Catherine house and we joke that it's like SCH is the initials and so it's like some, like either like a sorority or, um, like a Catholic co-op or something. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. So we have different, you know, duties to each other. And um, I'm just so blessed to have these women. They are my foundation and um, my support. And I've lived here for the last year and a half. Okay. And the biggest blessing and the reason I moved in uh, was because we have a chapel in our house. And so right oh, now, awesome. actually, I'm in the chapel um i decided to to do this interview in the chapel so i'm sitting here with the blessed sacrament do you know what i would give to have a chapel in my house that is so cool it's amazing this is like the i mean unless you join a convent this is like your one opportunity right so I've got a couple questions about the house situation just because I'm super intrigued by that. I mean, I was in a sorority, but I never lived in the house. So even even living with that many girls is is incredible to me. But so it's a discernment kind of placement. So did you have to like apply to get into this house? How does how do you even land here? Yeah, so there's an application. Um, there's a sister who's in charge, um, Sister Marianne, she's a servant of God's love, um, which is like a local community. She doesn't live with us or anything, but she oversees some of the logistics Mm -hmm. of the house. So um, I met with her, and there was a short application process, uh, and you have to agree that, so there's a few like ground rules. One, that you will do your best to go to daily mass as your schedule allows. You'll go to um, the Sacrament of Reconciliation monthly, um, that you will do your house chores. We have a weekly chore and a daily chore, um, and that we will commit to two times a week of house bonding together. Okay. Um, And then discernment. Talk to me a little bit about that um, for the people who might not quite understand what that means. Oh, yeah. So the house is founded as um, a discernment house, which means... um, a house for women to um, really spend time in prayer, um, figuring out with Jesus what they're called to in life. Uh, so originally it was for religious discernment, meaning mm-hmm. that's kind um, of where my mind went. So that's why I want yeah. to ask, yeah. Figuring out, like, am I called to a life, like a life consecrated to Christ in, um, like, as you know, like a nun, mm-hmm. uh, or am I called to marriage? And okay. so, and right now, we, we, I think the house is pretty split. Uh, you have to be open to, um, to religious life, uh, to becoming a nun, if that's where you're called. Um, but actually, one of my housemates just got engaged, so we're really excited for her. Fun. Yeah, and so it's a mix of undergrad students, grad students, and young professionals. Okay, that was my other question, is if you guys were all around the same age. Mm-hmm. That's one of the blessings, too, is I, I learned so much from from some of the older housemates. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you guys do together? Like, what do you like to, you have house bond, bonding time, so what exactly do you guys do for fun? 
yeah, we always start in chapel um, with a short prayer. Uh, and then we, so on, actually this morning we just had, uh, we always have a communal breakfast together on Saturdays. Um, so we usually have someone who signs up to cook. And then uh, the other day of the week is, is just kind of, we just go up to the living room and share highs and lows of the week. And, you know, sometimes we'll watch a movie or play a game, but oftentimes it's just catching up and chatting because we're all so busy. We don't necessarily all get a chance to catch up during during the rest of the week. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, it's not like all 11 of you are at the house at all times because you're students and yeah. you just said there's young professionals, so you're very busy. Yeah, so we really cherish that time together. Yeah. Uh, and then once a month, we have mass um, in the evening uh, at our house. So one of the priests from um, the parish across the street comes over. We'll celebrate mass, and then uh, and all young women from the community, like from Ann Arbor, are welcome to join. Uh, we have a dinner together, and then we have a speaker, uh, and it's always something different this month will be a married couple since it's like valentine's day mm-hmm. we always That's have a, a married couple come in and then other times it'll be a religious sister we had a priest come and so just to share vocation stories it's awesome i don't think that a lot of people would know that this even existed so how did oh, you yeah. find out about it my mom actually okay so, and i i look as my sophomore year i was trying to figure out where I was going to live um, because I was in an apartment that year and my apartment mate had gotten engaged mm-hmm. and she was graduating so I, at that point you know I was I, I was still I didn't really have any strong friends I could think of that I would want to live with because it was coming back you know at, at, at that stage I was kind of changing my life right based on my encounter in Italy uh, and so I hadn't I was looking for those strong Catholic friends and I hadn't found them yet and so my mom says hey I heard of this Catholic house for women in Ann Arbor and I said mom I would have known about that like no, no that doesn't, you know I've never heard of that and she says no no and so she asked her friend who it turns out one of her friend's daughters had lived here and so that's how we found out um and I, I immediately, I remember the moment, I was like, yes, I want to go live there. Yeah. It's like a secret Ann Arbor, like, mm-hmm. trick. <laughs> I feel like I yeah. feel like it's a little secret, which may be because they don't want a ton of people there at, at mm-hmm. once. They kind of probably keep it a little bit selective. Obviously, they have space, you know, only space for a certain number of people. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think it's really advertised, like, publicly too much because we really rely on just word of mouth and trusting in the Holy Spirit to you know, to let the girls know um, who, you know, who the Holy Spirit knows who needs to live here and make yeah. that happen. Yeah, the right time, I think. At mm-hmm. the, yeah, for it's meant to be. So I feel like sometimes people feel discouraged because they can't find people their age who kind of are in the same bucket they are with their faith or on the same journey. So do you have any advice for people like that who are not able to find that group of people? I would just invest yourself at your parish um you know especially if you live close to a larger city there's usually a lot more opportunities for for young adults um so find a small group um even like go on facebook there's amazing resources like blessed is she um 
walking with purpose or um i don't know the, op- the opportunities are endless um but but invest in community um and i think a good place to start with that is is at your parish okay yeah I, that's actually something that i personally have been struggling with because i feel like when i go to mass i look around and there aren't many people like me and by that i mean people who are married but don't ha- don't have kids yet <laughs> mm-hmm. um and we like there's people that are younger than me that are kind of your age or in high school and there's people that are older yeah. than me that have kids and I kind of am struggling with the people in the middle like me so yeah, I, am I would also for that group. consider reaching out more to the archdiocese or the diocese okay. that you live in uh find you know there's like theology on tap um or um larger opportunities for people from all different parishes that are like the youth of different parishes youth, right. you know, young adults yes. whatever um, to come together. Okay. Or, oh my gosh, a really good resource for, like, exactly your, like, age group is, um, ID916. Okay. Uh, which is founded in Ann Arbor, and there's local chapters, like, throughout the country. Oh, great. Okay. Thank you for that. That's yeah. helpful. Um, so I kind of want to go back to you and what you're studying. Um, so what kind, what hobbies do you like to pursue, and what are kind of your dreams after, graduation what's what's on the track for Teresa <laughs> well so uh hobbies I mean it's I don't know I, even though it's what I'm studying it's still like my hobby it's my passion is singing um so I, I'm studying opera but I guess a uh, niche aspect of that is I'm really exploring the tie between Catholicism and vocal music oh that's um, awesome yeah so I'm doing some independent research with a Catholic professor at school. Um, and I think it's going to be kind of a lifelong study of, of combining the spiritual um, element with music. Cause um, I find that in the university setting, oftentimes anything spiritual religious is removed from the music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we might be singing in choir this, beautiful religious piece that is I mean it just brings me to tears it's so beautiful but then we don't bring God into the discussion at all um and so to bring bring religion back into the music because it's it's an important part of understanding the piece Mm -hmm. whether you're religious or not that's really awesome that you found a way to kind of tie together the two things that you love the most (laughs) so you've tied together your faith and music I think that's amazing that you've been able to do that. So do you see yourself going to grad school? Well, so things are a little bit up in the air still with my future. I have a fifth year of school still next year. Okay. So I still have a little bit more time to figure it out. Um, I'm actually discerning religious life, um, meaning, so I'm discerning with a community called the Daughters of St. Paul. Okay. Um, they're, they're all over Facebook and, like, Instagram, Twitter, as, like, the Media Nuns is their nickname. Like, you can like search them on Twitter, like hashtag media nuns. They're fantastic. Um, I spent a lot of time with them this summer when I was in New York. Um, and I went on a week long retreat around Christmas time with them. So I'm, I'm currently still discerning if, if um, that's where God's calling me next. So okay. we'll see. Does that mean you'll probably stay in the house for another year or so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be here still for the next year. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I've actually never heard of the Daughters of St. Paul, so I appreciate you kind yeah. of sharing that because I have not heard of them. They're amazing. There's so many, so many sisters are like, 
super young and vibrant and just hilarious. I mean, like, it's so cool to meet, like, millennial nuns, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty connected to the Sisters of Mercy. Um, I'm an associate for them, which for people who don't know, it's basically that I'm a lay person that kind of supports them. And I go to gathering groups with them, which is where we kind of talk about current issues and how our faith aligns with that. Um, but I'm definitely one of the youngest <laughs> amongst the group. And I'm I'm not a sister, but even amongst the associates, I'm one of the youngest. So mm. it's kind of cool to hear that they're a little bit more young. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a misconception maybe that... Um, that people aren't joining, um, you know, Daughters of St. Paul or Sisters of Mercy or whatever it is. I think there's a misconception that young people just don't do that anymore. So what do you kind of have to say about that? So, yeah, I literally, so two years ago I is when I started discerning, maybe two and a half, I don't know. But um, when I, I was in prayer and I was like, God, I just want to give you everything. Like, you've given me everything. I want to do that in return. And this idea of, joining religious life popped up into my head and I was like so surprised I thought what um Jesus I don't think that happens anymore like, I, thought <laughs> I think you might be wrong dying. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um but then I went on Google and I found so many communities that are just like popping at the seams with with um with new sisters and people people entering their community um and so there, there are actually a lot of young orders, um, Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Sisters of Life, uh, Daughters of St. Paul, uh, Francis Sisters, Mother, this is right, Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration, I might have gotten that wrong, in Mishawaka, uh, at Sisters of Mercy of Alma, there's so many different communities. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a misconception. I yeah, think. for sure. Um, so me personally, and this was actually a question that we got, um, I put on Instagram that I was interviewing you and kind of what I was talking to you about. And this question came in and it's actually a question that I had for you also. Um, so I'm just going to say that it's me. I personally struggle with some things in the church. And so that I feel like drives me a little bit away from going to church every week. And we kind of touched on this, but how else can I act on my faith besides sitting in church? Hmm just to spend time with Jesus in prayer and spiritual reading too, especially when there's, you know, some of the church teachings are really hard and they're hard to understand. And we've heard maybe from other people about why the church teaches this or, um, but to remember that all of these things come from a place of love. Like Jesus is love. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, there's no, anything other than love is not of God. And so to delve into um, reading about these teachings, um, reading reading the Bible um, to to understand more, and um, I, I, for every single topic you might have a question about, there are like thousands of good books. And so to just to especially for Catholics too, who might believe all the different church teachings and, you know, cause you grow up this way and you just take it for granted. Well, don't just take it for granted. You need to believe with, you know, believe what you believe, but believe it with a strong conviction. And so do the research to really understand mm-hmm. why you believe what you believe. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. But... No, it does. Okay. Um, so, so don't just, my only advice, if I had to say like one thing would be don't, settle for lukewarm um you know follow what you're going to follow with strong conviction yeah 
So um, you've mentioned a couple resources already, but I would love to hear some resources that you have found helpful throughout your entire journey, um, kind of through your faith life or, or even now. So you could share some of those. Oh, there's so many. Um, in terms of like actual materials and things, um, read the lives of the saints. Um, Therese of Lisieux, her autobiography story of the soul, um, and how to live with childlike dependency on God. Um, Father Mike Schmidt's on YouTube. Uh, listen to podcasts. There's so many great Catholic podcasts, like How to Catholic, a Certifiably Catholic, Do Something Beautiful. Uh, uh, listen, find, you know, if you enjoy music, like I really connect to God a lot through music and especially like contemporary worship. So Audrey Assad is one of my favorite, um, praise and worship singers. Um, and then in terms of really the faith, um, and encountering Jesus, encounter him through his word, like pick up your Bible. I didn't really read the Bible until like recently. Um, but so many of the answers are there, I think. Um, immerse yourselves in the sacraments, you know, go, go to mass, um, see, you know, because that's the opportunity to, to embrace Jesus, you know, physically present in the Eucharist to be with him and for you to be filled with, with his strength, um, so that you can then bring his love to more people. Um, spend time in Eucharistic adoration where you just go before Jesus' pres- presence in the sacrament and, and adore him and come to him with all of your struggles, every single part of you. Um, and then keep a journal. Um, I started journaling, which has been great to be able to look pa- back on the past few years since I started journaling in college and to see where Jesus has taken me. Um, yeah, you're also just to stay focused in prayer too. Right. You're only my second guest. And so far you're the second person to say journaling for, for a resource. Her, <laughs> her topic was completely different, but I definitely think that all around that can definitely help people just to let out their thoughts. And I, I like what you said about re- going back and reading and seeing how you've grown and changed. That's, that's definitely something to do too. So I want to um, really quickly touch on your Twitter feed during the Super Bowl <laughs> because it was cracking me up. So just a backstory for everybody. Um, Teresa was, I don't know how this, you can maybe explain how this started, but there was like a trend of like Catholic tweeting during the Super Bowl and you were tweeting some pretty funny stuff. So what, what happened? <laughs> okay. So there is this yearly tradition started by one of the daughters of St. Paul of um, hashtag Super Bowl in the convent. Okay. So sisters, religious sisters from throughout the U.S. will watch the Super Bowl with their sisters in the convent, and they'll be live tweeting the entire thing. And it's really funny too because some of the more like millennial sisters might be tweeting, and some of the older sisters are just like, uh, you know, they don't necessarily get all of the pop references or whatever. And so just most hilarious things to see what the sisters are thinking about as they're watching the game. And so I decided I was going to tweet along this year because I was watching the Super Bowl with my community. Uh, and so I did hashtag um, Super Bowl in the discernment house. And so I was following along also with the hashtag um, Super Bowl in the convent. And I, I was amazed. Okay, I feel like I got slightly Twitter famous. Not really. But I had like <laughs> over 100 likes on one of them. Hey, and... that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And so didn't, you, like, didn't your tweets get put in an article of some kind? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so America Magazine included me in their article. It was a follow-up on some of the highlights of tweets from uh, Super Bowl in the convent. 
and they included my article. And so I just, like, did a disclaimer to everyone, like, I'm not a nun, just FYI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to get all these followers of people who are like, listen to her. <laughs> yeah, That's no, really I got, funny. like, 35 new followers or something. Yeah, so. there is, Um, I've noticed, quite a community on Twitter of Catholics. Yeah. And, you know, it can go either way, I think, sometimes. But for the most part, I have found um, a lot of pretty funny, <laughs> funny tweets and things that I'm like, okay, this brings me some hope, <laughs> some hope and some joy. So I found it pretty oh, funny yeah. to follow along. Me, yeah. So when I was in New York this summer, and, you know, I, I didn't really have friends in the city. I was interning. And I was only there for a short period of time. And so that, I think that's when I really got involved with Catholic Twitter. And it was just like that community online of, of fellow Catholics. It was great. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I, this is kind of going off topic. Um, I kind of want to make the point because I know a lot of people that are listening to this are not necessarily Catholic and that's Mm -hmm. 100% fine. I wanted to specifically talk to Teresa about her faith. I think that I, your, your advice goes across the board though. It doesn't matter what your faith is, as long as you kind of find that community of people like you've been able to find and share in that. Um, do would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Yeah. Of, of, authentic friendship um and and to be able to spend time in silence um to have time to to quiet yourself um from the busyness the hecticness of the day to have something to root yourself in yeah I think all of us need that doesn't matter what our faith is I think we all definitely need to do that so what might, might you say to somebody who might be in the space you were your freshman year? They're kind of lost. They're not really themselves. They've fallen into the wrong group of people. And we're not necessarily saying, go join the Catholic Church. But, but what would you say to somebody who might be in that situation right now where they, they're just kind of lost? Return to your roots. Mm-hmm. Um, find people who are going to build you up. People who are going to be able to like fraternally correct you, right? To to call you out when they say, hey, this isn't you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, don't be afraid to act courageously, be bold. Um, and that there's just so much, life is so much more than your current state. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree with that. I you kind of caught my attention when you said be courageous and be bold. And I don't know that we fully cover this. I think we may have touched on it a little bit, but do you have friends who aren't as, you know, ingrained in their faith as you and do you feel like they have misconceptions about you or kind of question what you're doing? Yeah, you know, I think a lot um Oh, those people I was friends with freshman year, you know, I still see them. And it's not that I'm not friends with them, but I just, you know, different degrees of friendship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still have classes with them. And um, anyone, your true friends are going to love you for being you. And so if you are afraid to share about yourself and what's important to you with them, or they don't accept you, and the things that you're sharing, they can't, they don't love you for you, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. Right. Yeah, I just, you know, the whole reason I wanted to talk to you is because you are bold and courageous and kind of stand up for what you believe in. Um, I've seen some of your Facebook posts and I've seen some of the comments that you have gotten on occasion. And I'm always just so proud of you for you just, you know who you are and you don't 
question it. Well, I mean, you might question it sometimes, of course, but you, you kind of say what you want to say and you, you always respond with love, which I think you've, you've said earlier is that that's one of the most important things to do. Um, but I, I just really have admired that about you because I don't think it's super common for people your age. So, um, I say, keep doing it (laughs) and (laughs) hope you might inspire others to do it. But yeah, I, I definitely noticed that you've gotten some of those comments. So what, how do you feel when you get stuff like that? Like some of those more negative feedback? Yeah. Um, not everyone's going to agree with you in the world and that's okay. Yep. Um, but love has to be number one. Yes. And so, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, and so even, uh, and just approaching hard conversations with love and sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I have to check myself on that too. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that I'm asking everybody is um, to build build somebody up. So I want everybody to kind of give me somebody in their life or a group of people or uh, maybe somebody that you know is struggling that you want to build up. Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to all of my housemates who yes. have been my complete support system. Um, and then second of all, um, I just, I mean, we already talked about the daughters of St. Paul, but you guys, if, even if you're not Catholic, like check them out. Oh, I'm Go going to as soon as we're done talking. <laughs> They're amazing. So I guess, yeah, this is my like PSA to get to know the daughters of St. Paul. If you're in like any of the large cities like Chicago, New York, Miami, Los Angeles, they have bookstores there so you can go and meet them. Um, but yeah, follow them. Do they have Twitter. a presence in Michigan? I mean, obviously, if you're they don't. connected. To, oh, they yeah. don't. Okay. Uh, they don't. So okay. if you're in Michigan, find them on Twitter yeah. or, <laughs> or Instagram okay. or Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I wanted you to give a fun recommendation. So it can be, we kind of talked about Twitter, but it can be something like that. It can be a restaurant even that you like, a song that you like, anything that's kind of fun. Oh, okay. Um, okay, if you are in Ann Arbor, check out Lab Cafe. Lab Cafe, okay. Maybe it's just called Lab. It's on Liberty Street. I don't know, it's a niche thing. If you ever come to Ann Arbor, it's really, I, I'm like a coffee guru. So, yeah. yeah, I'm assuming that most people listening to this are in Michigan because they know me and <laughs> um, yeah. I, I highly doubt that I'm going to get some random um, people who stumbling upon my, on this, but I might. Um, so most people yeah. I feel like know Ann Arbor and um, I've actually never heard of that. And I feel like I know yeah. a lot of Ann Arbor stuff. Okay. So. It is a coffee shop by day and a bar by night. Oh, it's amazing. It's a very college it's, thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, like posh or something, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> And then you mentioned a song earlier, or a singer earlier. Can you mentioned yeah. my name again? Audrey Assad. Audrey Assad. Okay. okay. So she was, like, amazing. Um, she is amazing, and she's, like, one of the things I attribute to bringing me back into the faith. Like, when I was really struggling and unsure and kind of on rocky ground, I was just listening to all of her songs on repeat, like, all the time. Like, I didn't listen to anything else, just had her album on repeat. And specifically, listen to her song, Drawn to You. Drawn to You. Okay. 
Yes, I, um, when my dad was really sick, you actually sent me quite a few songs to listen to, which I appreciated. And I also found myself just kind of turning to that kind of music in that time, even though it's not something that I normally listen to. I am a pop music fan, so, Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely not music that I would normally just turn on by myself, but I think in those hard times, music can do wonders. So I appreciate the recommendation for that also. Yeah, you know, she doesn't shy away from, like, her struggles. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, I, I used to not like Christian music because it's like, God's amazing and yeah. everything's sun, sunshine and rainbows. But, like, that's not the Catholic faith. Like, like there are times of suffering and trial. And Audrey just, like, she is such an example of enduring through that and seeing how, like, God is going to carry you through. So right. I love it. That's awesome. Okay, and then since you're Twitter famous now, I would love for you to plug your any social media that you would that you would be willing to share. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at tmw015. Uh, my name is Teresa Margaret on there. Um, I might be taking a little break from Twitter though. Some of my friends and I are are doing this uh, thing called Fiat Ninety, where we're kind of cutting out some of the distractions in order to, to spend more time in prayer and um and like focus on like wellness Mm -hmm. so but i don't know i still might be on twitter so check me out i i'm sure there's going to be more tweets to come with a uh hashtag oscars in the convent oh okay and for the record it's perfectly um like healthy to give up twitter for a while twitter can sometimes be exhausting so um it doesn't matter who you are sometimes you just need that break yeah Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else that you feel like we didn't cover that you wanted to share? Oh, gosh. No, you know, this was great. Good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. I think people will will really appreciate this. Even, like I said, even if they're not necessarily Catholic, I think you gave a lot of good insight overall. So I super appreciate that. Um, For anybody listening, if you have any follow-up questions for Teresa, you can find her on Twitter or you can email me at shinealightpod at gmail.com and I will send them to her. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram at shinealightpodcast. So you can send anything my way to anybody that's been on the podcast or if you have ideas for future topics, I would love to hear those too. So Teresa, thank you so much for being my, my trial Skype call. <laughs> and I really enjoy talking to you. Thanks, Megan. Me too. Thank Thanks. you.